Please uh, turn in your Bibles to Jude. That's the book right before Revelation. We uh, started it last week. We're going to finish it this week. The whole book of Jude only has one chapter in it. We're going to look at 17 through 25. Jude verses 17 through 25. Last week, we began to introduce and things to beware of, of false teachers. This week, we're looking at the response to false teachers. How do we as a church, how do we as believers respond to false teachers? Jude helps us through this. Let's give a little recap of Jude first. Jude is the half-brother of who? Jesus, that's correct. He's also the brother of James. Very good. So, we know that Jude is writing during a time where false teaching has increased in the area. In the area, and remember last week he said, be careful, they're going to slither in. They're going to sneak in. They're going to come in and people are not going to even know that they're there. So that was the warning. And last week, we, we discussed those things. This week, what's the response? How do we respond to false teachers? Now, let's talk about what false teachers are. False teachers are anyone that preaches a false or fake truth or gospel. 99% true is still false. So, we got to make sure that they're preaching something completely correct. There's been other many, um, many uh, cults, many false doc, uh, false uh, religions that have been about because someone seeked truth partly, and there are some even stuff. Hopefully there are some stuff that, um, I forgot where I was going. My point was being that because of these false, they began wanting to go a good way, some of them, but because they wanted to please man over trueness, over the Bible, they fell off. And there's several false religions out there because of that. All right. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, they said to you in the last time, there will be scoffers. Following their own ungodly passions, it is these who cause divisions. Worldly people, devoid of the Spirit, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who, what? Doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the, what? Fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling 
and to present you blameless before the presence of the glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Be glory, majesty, domain, and authority before all time and now and forever. So here's Jude, he's concluding his letter to highlight the false teachers. Only now with this view towards the proper response of believers to them. So, how do we respond? The antidote to false teachers. Y'all know what an antidote is? All right? Antidotes. So, my uh, kids got me for my birthday. My birthday was Friday, and and my kids got me the NES Classic Mini, okay, with all the old games, because that's what I grew up with, okay? The NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, came out in 1985. I got my first one in 1986. I was six years old, and, man, that was hot stuff, getting that stuff right then. And it had a lot of my favorite games that me and my brother used to play all the time all into it because the the classics had a lot of the classics. And one of my favorite games of all time is The Legend of Zelda, the very first Legend of Zelda. And I've been spending time and hours and, and, and let Caden have his own little game too to show him where all the secrets and stuff like that are because that's, you know, I... I've enjoyed that. But part of that is if you start running out of hearts, you know, you die, game over. And part of the things that you can buy is an antidote. And what does an antidote do? It gave you more hearts or it gave you more life or it prevents the poison from going down. Well, there's an antidote to false teachers. Here are three things that we're going to talk about. First one is proactive. We must be proactive. The way to minimize the influence of the scoffers, the false teachers, is to live proactively as followers of Jesus Christ. We have to live proactive. What I mean by that is being proactive means what? When someone says be proactive, what do they mean? Think ahead, what else? Now you're right, think ahead, but what else? What does proactive mean? If someone says, you got to be proactive. No, no. All right, so let's say you go to the dentist and he says, have you been proactive with preventing your cavities? Okay, yes, that's, yes, that's good. But being proactive means to prevent. Be preventive. Proactive means to watch. To watch out for something. Be proactive. And let me just tell you, church, we need to be proactive against those who are false teachers. We need to be living a life, and as we live, we need to be proactive against false teachers. That means we are watching the gates, we're looking about the way we live, and we're watching how others live according to the Word of God. But church, our problem is, a lot of times what we do is we... I want you to imagine the castle, and we're sitting out there, and we're watching. And a lot of us, we're warning, and we're watching for something big happen. We look for the cannonballs. 
And the problem is that that's not how Satan attacks. Satan does not attack, the enemy does not attack in that way. When he uses false teachers, he sends in little arrows. He sends in things that are small. He sends in things that are going to cause disunity among the body. He's going to send things in that, that, that almost seem like they are true. And we have to be cautious because we have allowed false doctrine to corrupt its way into the church. Because it wasn't big, and we're always looking for the big stuff. But see, Satan knows his enemy, and we should know our enemy. He knows that man looks for the big things. It's easy for us to guard the big stuff, but we're not looking for the small stuff as much. So here's some of the small things that we have allowed to creep in that we have to be careful. When I went... It's like I told some of the older people the other night. I said, here's one of the false doctrines that many of you have kept. And you could hear a pin drop when I told them. We've never done it that way before. That's a false doctrine. When we hold into tradition more than the Bible, that becomes a false doctrine. When tradition overviews what we believe in the Bible, that becomes a false doctrine. Never done that before, that's a false doctrine. You've never done it that way before, so we're not going to do it. Mm. Who says? But here's another way. We do, Jerry Bridges called respectable sins. There's sins that we begin to say, okay, that's okay, but that sin's not okay. But all sin is equal in in the eyes of the Lord. And we have to be careful because we have made some things into such a point that we're no longer caring and loving for people. And if you remember, Jesus commanded that that's what we did. Command to love people. Love God. Love others. But when we begin to allow certain sins, let me tell you some respectable sins. Pride is one of the things that respectable sins, and when people call out sins, they won't even call out their own pride. White lies. Well, it's almost true. It's almost true. A lot of times, let's be honest, selfism in the sense that we see everybody else's fault but our own. And these are some doctrines that have um, that got into the church. No matter if they're Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, it's got into the church where we begin to see and we need, and we've been looking out here for these big things to happen, but they've been coming in seeping. And what does Paul tell, I mean, Jude tell us to do? He says, be proactive. Watch the way we're living. Watch out for others. Be proactive. Understand the things that, that are going on. I want to encourage you guys to understand the things that are going on around us, and we need to be proactive in that. Understand the things that are going on. I do not think the churches need to boycott to boycott. I don't think the churches need to do certain things to do certain things. I think we need to be cautious, and we need to act like a Christian, and show love towards things. Number two, praying. The second antidote is praying. 
That is, in the sense of praying in harmony with leading of the Holy Spirit rather than according to one's own agenda. The context here is the suggestion, the idea of praying in the Spirit in a general sense. That we pray together in harmony. One of the things I want to encourage you guys, one of the antidotes in false teachers is not just being proactive, but it's praying, but praying together, praying in harmony, praying with older and younger. It's praying together and working together. A lot of us, the reason that the false teachers came in is they looked for division and, and they looked for dis, uh, uh, division and, and uh, strife among the people. Instead of, we need to be praying together in harmony. One of the things that we do very wrong, I'll tell you, not just in the church, but in, in, in the United States, period, if someone disagrees with you, you immediately think they're an enemy. If someone has a different opinion than you, you feel like you almost can't be on their side. And so that's that false teachers have come in and they have disrupted the harmony within the church with that. For example, in the Bible, we're going to have different opinions of certain things that are, that, that are, that are foundationally true, but you're going to have some different understandings. A lot of times we believe, hey, if they believe that way and I believe that way, then therefore we cannot longer be friends. We cannot discuss. If someone disagrees with us, we immediately put us an enemy, and we have to watch that. For example, I get very tired of watching Facebook during the elections because immediately if someone says they're a Democrat, people think the worst. If someone says they're a Republican, immediately they think they're the worst. And instead of, and we immediately call on people who are one party or another party, not even a Christian. We don't even have the right to talk like that. And things become about parties instead of about beliefs and where we believe. And that's a great example in America. Immediately we think we can't agree. I'll tell you right now, I've done a lot of witnessing and evangelism lately because as I'm talking to people, this is what some of them will say. And this is what I need you to do as a Christian. Can I know that you're a conservative? I've never told them that, but they know from my actions. But I appreciate that I can talk to you, and I know that you'll listen to me and at least hear my side of it. I've never told them I was conservative. They figured it out. Not, not probably that hard to figure out, okay? But they figured it out, but they enjoyed talking to me. That's good. That means that they said, I can't believe that I can talk to you and I know you disagree with me, but you don't, what word do you think they're about to say? You don't what? Judge. And guys, we have to watch as we bring in harmony because that can come in the church. We have to look at what our foundations are in Jesus Christ and we need to have older and younger coming together, praying in harmony. The older need to be young, uh, learning from the younger. The younger need to be olding, uh, learning from the older. And it needs to be a beautiful harmony, praying together and watching that. For there's not deceit, that there's not strife, 
that there's not division within the church. Number three, the last of the antidotes is protect yourself in the love of God. Building and praying. There's two um, There's two parts here. The building and praying of this. Protect yourself in the love of God. Christians keep themselves in God's love by growing strong doctrinally, preserving in prayer, and waiting for the Lord's coming. Christians are to keep themselves in God's love and to teach that God keeps them as well. Ultimately, God's promise to keep and preserve the faith of his own people so that no true believer will lose his or her salvation. That we are protected and we protect yourself in God's love. One of the antidotes in the false teaching is God's love. One of the things in which <laughs> uh, that many of them will teach is they will teach a limited, false teachers teach some, uh, uh, well, false teachers will teach and at the time they did and they do today, teach a limited love of God. God will love you if you do. God will only love you if you, if you do these things that will equal God's love. Fill in the blank and they did it. So they would limit God's love. And then that, that, that was, a, that was a, a determination of false teaching. If God's love is limited, then hmm, something's wrong. It says to protect yourself from God's love, that we should... That, that we should build up, that we should grow strong doctrinally, preserving in prayer. Guys, you need to know what you believe and why you believe it and be in a relationship as you're praying and protect ourselves in God's love and understand that He is the Father and that He loves you. And, that, and in that, that we protect ourselves in that love. I want to tell you a story. It was my first year of college. I was a freshman, and I was working one of the three churches. I was working for free because back then, no church would hire me without experience, so I worked three churches. And so with no money and had to find my own gas a lot of times. Gas was a lot cheaper then. Uh, it was only 99 cents at the time. Um, of course, Drew was still in high school by that time. I would have been Drew's youth pastor. Because um, this was uh, Christmas of 99. So you were, what, a sophomore? Yeah, okay. Now, now you're getting personal, saying it's a freshman. You could have said sophomore, it would have been fine. All right, Christmas of 99, I'm coming home. And I wanted to go see my parents in my home church. We have a big thing called Merry Christmas Columbus there. I'm, I'm really, I'm from a small town, but the big city Columbus, that's where my church was. And my church was a pretty big church. You know, it, um, a couple of thousand people in the church. You know, we had a couple hundred in, uh, you know, in the youth group. It was a larger church. And I wanted to go see Merry Christmas Columbus because uh, my mom was in it and so I wanted to go see it, and I was going down, it had just rained, and I was going down a road, and, um, which I wasn't very familiar with, and I turned to turn, and I began to spin, and began to flip, and flip, and flip, and flip, and flip, and flip, 
right till when a tree stopped me. And um, they got me out of the vehicle. And uh, cell phones were very limited back then. Um, so someone had a, a, a cell phone. It was this big, that wide. Um, to let, and my dad actually had one, had just gotten one, and I knew the number. So they came back from church, and they, they, and they got me. When the people got there, they were, when they saw my driver's license, they went, oh, crap, you're Gary Shepard's son. Dad worked for the police department for 30 years. My dad was sometimes not known as the gentlest of souls, uh, especially when things like this happened, because it was definitely my fault. <laughs> and so he gets there, and uh, he does a lot of pointing and grunting, so I, meant, I knew that he meant front seat, get in the car, go. Very quiet drive back home, because it took a good 15 minutes. Because where we lived, everything's 30 and 20 minutes away. So I'm not looking forward because even though I'm in college and just finished my first semester of freedom, I'm very much still under their authority and their roof. So I'm getting to the house and driving up our big gravel road. I am not looking forward to going in the house. We get into the whole house and we're sitting there. Uh, my dad had a, a chair Everybody knows dad, all dads have a chair, right? Well, he had his chair. He sat down, and he does this. I'm like, mm, this is about not to be good. And he grabs me, and he holds me like a baby and rocks me and begins to cry. And I can't, I, I won't forget that. Now, let me just tell you, I'm much taller than my dad. So that's a lot of feet, a lot of legs. But he was holding. And he did that because he wanted me to know that I was protected. And what does the Bible say? He says, if your earthly father does these things, how much more will your heavenly father do? I tell you that to protect yourself in love because my father loved me. My father loved me. And my father still loves me. But he does not love me as much as my God loves me. And as we protect ourselves in that, guys, I want to encourage you to do that. Because let me just tell you, there's freedom in that protection. Because he, let, let, let me explain real quick. In true love, there is freedom. In false love, there's limitations. Let me say that again. In true love, there is freedom. In false love, there's limitations. Let me give you a great example. High school and middle school romances. A lot of false love because there's a lot of limitations. You haven't texted me in five seconds. Are you okay? Are we still together? Is everything all right? da 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 I saw you talk with so-and-so at the water fountain. Why did you talk to her? Well, she bumped into me, and I said, hey, man, why you bumped into me? But, hey, you know, da-da-da-da. I, I, I saw you pass a note with her while I was getting my homework. Why, 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 why? Sound familiar? 
Oh, no, no, y'all don't ever do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't lie, don't lie, shh, it's not becoming. Okay, shh. The point being is y'all seen this type of stuff, am I correct? Okay, shh. That's called limited love, and that's not real love. True love has freedom. True love has freedom. And when we have the love of God, we have a freedom that only Christians will really know. So my encouragement is that we protect ourselves in that true love. Be proactive. Know what we believe, why we believe. Watch for those out there. Be praying in harmony. That we pray together and that we pray in harmony and protect ourselves in the love of God. These are the three antidotes against false teachers. And we need to be careful and watch for them. Let's pray. Holy Father, we uh, love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you have given us. Please forgive us for we have failed you. Guide and lead us in all that we do to give you the glory and honor. In your name, Father, amen. If you need to talk or pray tonight, Drew and myself are in the back. I'd love to pray with you.